With Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Caleb Williams returning, the USC Trojans have the best odds to win the Pac-12 in the preseason, and they have the best preseason odds of any Pac-12 team to reach the college football playoff and win it all. USC has plus 200 odds according to FanDuel, plus 160 according to BetMGM, and plus 180 according to Caesar Sportsbook to win the conference. They are ahead of Oregon, who's in second place, Washington at third, Utah at fourth, and then you look at national title odds by FanDuel, USC is up there at plus 1,600 along with LSU, right behind Michigan, who's at plus 1,000, and tied with LSU at plus 1,600, just ahead of Florida State at plus 1,800, Oregon would be next in line at plus 3,000, Washington at plus 3,500 after Oregon. Utah, interestingly enough, is at plus 6,000, which surprises me with the amount of returning production they have. All this to say is that USC is far and away the favorite in the Pac-12, a conference that seems to be dying, and a conference that USC will no longer be a part of, as of now, when 2024 begins. Same goes with UCLA, who will be breaking in Dante Moore at quarterback, and it'll be a fun Chip Kelly offense. But anyway, we're talking about Washington today. And the reason I wanted to preview the odds is because I think Washington is criminally underrated. I think that Washington, they're high in returning production, they're top 25, they return more than 70% of 2022's production, mostly because of returning quarterback Michael Penix. They've used the portal, I think, wisely, and I like where this team is heading under Kalen DeBoer. And I think that USC, while they do have Caleb Williams returning, they are recruiting at a higher level, and Lincoln Riley is a darn good head coach. I think that Washington has one of the best strength and conditioning programs in the country. I think that Ryan Grubb and Kalen DeBoer make for one of the best offensive groups when it comes to scheming and thinking in the realm of college football. Kalen DeBoer, like Lincoln Riley, has a high winning percentage, won tons of championships at lower levels, won 10 games at Fresno State, technically nine before the bowl game, but Fresno State went 10-3 and three in 2021. I think they went 3-3 three and three in the COVID year in 2020. And in his first year at Washington, he went 11-2, and 11-2, and two. and they beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl. They finished in the top 10, ranked number 8 at Sioux Falls, the school that I was talking about earlier when I said he won multiple championships. He won four national titles, three conference titles. Every year he finished inside of the top four in the Great Plains Athletic Conference. Fresno State, he went 12-6. and six. Washington so far, 11-2. and two. The only two losses coming strangely to UCLA, who finished 9-4 and four and was top 25, and Arizona State, who was 3-9. and nine. Washington never lost to USC. They didn't lose to Utah. Heck, they didn't even lose to Oregon or Oregon State. They beat Oregon on the road. They beat Oregon State at home, and they beat Texas, 
which almost every power ranking had inside the top 10 in the Alamo Dome, which is in Texas. And they beat them handily, 27-20. to And their defense showed up against a, a, a Texas Longhorn offense that has a very high ceiling. They also smashed Michigan State early in the year. They had close games against Arizona, California, smashed Colorado at home and at Washington State, their rival in the Apple Cup, 51-33. to So it was a huge year coming off a 2021 season where Washington started inside of the top 25, fell at home to FCS school. Montana went 4-8. and eight. Jimmy Lake got fired for hitting a player. And now Jimmy Lake is an assistant head coach for the Los Angeles Rams. DeBoer comes in, completely changes the staff, overhauls the program, and now here we are. And I think, in my opinion, I think that this team is the best team in the Pac-12. I think that defensively, there is work that needs to be done, but you can't match what they're doing with the talent they have at skill positions. You can't do it. Michael Penix is special. Now, I'm not saying he's Caleb Williams, but the system that he's in is great. He was second in the nation in passing yards last year with 4,641 passing yards, 31 passing touchdowns, only eight interceptions. He had an 81.1 QBR, which was 13th in the nation, and he had a 151.3 passer rating, which was the second highest in his career. The other year he had a higher passer rating was 2019 when he had a 157.6 passer rating. And that is when Kalen DeBoer was his offensive coordinator. DeBoer built Indiana football under Tom Allen. That's another opinion that I have. The 8-5 and five season in 19 was solely designed by him in that offense. 2020, a lot of the defense returned. A lot of the whole team returned from that great season for Indiana so returning production and the system that he left behind helped Tom Allen field an Indiana team that was top 20, top 15, top 10. And then in 2021, Penix got hurt. Indiana, even before he got hurt, fell off a cliff. And he seems to have rejuvenated himself at Washington. And I think that he's going to improve this year with all of his wide receivers returning. Jalen McMillan, Roma Dunzi. Those are 1,000-yard receivers. You also have Jalen Polk, who was a freshman last year, who had nearly 700 receiving yards and six receiving touchdowns. He was 35th in the country in average yards per reception. There's a lethal wide receiver room here. The team they played in the Alamo Dome, in the Alamo Bowl in Texas, is one of the few schools who can rival Washington's receiver room. The other being Ohio State, just which with Brian Hartline as now the offensive coordinator, but still the wide receivers coach, the primary recruiter and developer of the Buckeyes at the wide receiver position, I think Ohio State is on a different level. But Washington and Texas are very close, and from there, it isn't close. I think that when you have two 1,000-yard receivers that are returning, I think the only school that has that is Ohio State with Marvin Harrison Jr., and Emeka Egbuka, at least at the Power 5 level, but tell me if I'm wrong, that's insane. It's crazy. And Washington then again, their offensive line last year, 
it was solid. Michael Penix was only sacked five times. He wasn't sacked in the game against Texas, who last read a stout defense, nor the Washington State game, Oregon, Oregon State, the whole month of November. And the bowl season, Michael Penix was never sacked. Never. That whole month. Whole whole stretch of the college football season. And that was when he played Oregon State, who had a very stout defense that held him to a 108.3 rating. And also Colorado, he only had a 134 rating, only 58.1 QBR, one of his least efficient games, according to ESPN. But what he was able to do against Oregon, throw for 408 yards, over 10 yards per pass attempt, close to 20 yards per completed pass, two touchdowns, only one interception that was like his only bad read, only bad play of the game, 20 rushing yards. It's impressive what this physical offensive line is capable of doing. It's impressive to see how they can protect Michael Penix. And really the system that Washington has established on offense is just, it's phenomenal. Washington also averaged 4.7 yards per carry last year in 2022. This is starkly different from the 3.2 average yards per carry that Washington had in 2021. So the offensive line drastically improved in one year, averaging 1.5 more yards per carry and via the transfer portal, having a much superior quarterback, but that is also due to changes and improvement in the coaching staff as well. I think this team is destined for great things. I think the expectations this year should be high because with the amount of returning production they have, which is number 22 in the nation, their top 25, Michael Penix is going to be gone after this season. Um, Sam Huard, who was a five-star out of high school, he's transferred to where his old high school head coach is now at, I think, Cal Poly, where he's going to be the starting quarterback. So there's just Dylan Morris there. There's Dylan Morris is the second stringer who will likely be the starter next year after Penix leaves. Alex Johnson and Austin Mack are the third and fourth string quarterbacks, respectively. For the Huskies. I look at this team and they should compete for the college football playoff, I think almost at a minimum. I, in fact, expect them, as you can see, to win the Pac-12 and reach the college football playoff with a 12-1, 8-1 in conference record, identical to the 2016 unit. The difference, of course, being the 2016 unit was very stout on offense it had a very efficient it had a very efficient offense it was stout on defense is what i think i meant to say i think i said stout on offense but they were great on both sides of the ball chris peterson teams are always phenomenal for the most part whether it's boise state whether it's washington he's retired probably won't get back into the coaching world but great coach washington has a history a very impressive history of great coaches, and I think Kalen DeBoer is going to be another one. And I think that Washington will break the streak, he'll break the drought of Pac-12 teams in the college football playoff. Now what stands in front of them, what stands in their way is not returning production, it's not the quarterback, it's not the roster. I mean, they return seven starters on offense, seven on defense, and one on special teams. They return 14 
out of 22 starters when you just look at offense and defense. I mean, that's good. They return all their wide receivers. They return their quarterback. They lose their running back, but Cameron Davis, Dylan Johnson, who's a transfer in from Mississippi State, those two should make up a very good running back room that I think is going to be underrated. You also have Jabbar Muhammad, who's transferring in, who has transferred in, in fact, from Oklahoma State. Definitely an upgrade there. He had nine passes defended last season, one forced fumble in interception, 32 solo tackles, and that was just in 2022. He had a total of 48 total tackles last season. He had half a sack, three passes defended, and 23 total tackles in 2021 when Oklahoma State fielded one of the nation's best defenses under Jim Knowles, who's now obviously at Ohio State. I think that this team's biggest obstacle is their schedule. It's not their roster. The schedule, if you look at it, is brutal. Boise State in Week 1 at Husky Stadium, that will be somewhat of an early test, I think. Boise State has had a history. Chris Peterson used to coach there and coach teams that, if the college football playoff existed back then, could have potentially won a national title or so, but that's up for debate. They at least would have went in the playoff. I think at minimum one of those teams would have won a college football playoff semifinal. They're not coached by Chris Peterson anymore. They're not even coached by Brian Harson. However, they're still a solid team. Many have picked them to be one of the early favorites to be the best group of five team. That's the opening game. Tulsa's next, September 9th. That's going to be kind of a warm-up game for the road matchup at Michigan State, September 16th. Make no mistake about it. Michigan State is not a great team, but it's a road game. Watch Oregon in 2014 and 2015 when they had that home-and-home series with the Michigan State Spartans. It was a game-changer. Michigan State and Oregon were both their best versions of themselves in 2014, both from a power ranking standpoint and efficiency standpoint and overall play, fell off a cliff in 2015. Yes, Michigan State made the playoffs and their record looked better, but if you watch the games, the team was much worse in 2015 than 14. They just had an easier schedule because Oregon and Ohio State in 2014 were the two best teams in the country. Oregon was barely a top 20 team in 2015, and Ohio State was not a... They didn't even reach the college football playoff. They might have been able to repeat, but they were not as good as their 2014 selves either. The home field advantage matters a lot, especially when you're traveling across different time zones. Oregon blew out Michigan State in 2014. Michigan State was able to handily control the game with their trestle ball against a high-powered Oregon offense in 2015. So that game is also going to be, I think, a good test. The games at Michigan State and home versus Boise State I think will be a better test than a home game against Cal September 23rd that opens up conference play, and even a road game at Arizona September 30th. The Huskies play five games, five, in the month of September, and I think they'll go 5-0 and in all of them. I think Washington could be a worse team than I think they will be. They could not be a college football playoff team and go 5-0 and in all of those games. I don't think any of those teams are top 25 caliber. Michigan State would be the closest. 
a bye week October 7th is going to be huge because Oregon comes to town October 14th. Oregon is unanimously a top 15 team. Arizona State's up next October 21st. And a road game at Stanford, who's breaking in a new head coach October 28th, is going to be another game that precedes a big-time matchup. A road game in the Coliseum against USC November 4th. After that, the Huskies will return home to play Utah November 11th. They then travel again on the road to play at Oregon State, who they closely beat at home last season. Washington State, November 25th. There's a lot of games in the month of October and November where teams are going to be out for blood against Washington. Oregon, Washington State are hated rivals. Oregon's going to be coming to Husky Stadium. Same with Washington State. Washington beat both of those teams on the road. They got a late field goal against Oregon, a, a game that I think is painful for Oregon as they tried to be aggressive. The running back Noah Whittington slipped. That put Washington in a great position to win. Washington State, they hung with the Huskies for about a half, maybe two and a half, three quarters, and then Washington pulled away. Oregon State, that was a close game. The Huskies did not play Utah or USC Last season, those were the two participants in the Pac-12 championship game. All teams in the month of November have top 25 potential. Washington State could be debatable. I don't think they're going to be a top 25 team, but I think their defense, their quarterback, their running back room, all those things, if everything goes right, they could be that number 25, number 24 team at best, though. Oregon State, Utah, USC, all of those teams could reach the college football playoff, and I wouldn't be surprised. Utah and USC, they just return a lot. Last year, they were both at minimum top 15 teams. They were ranked inside the top 15, or in USC's case, the top 10 for most of the year. Utah is coming off of back-to-back -back Rose Bowl trips, and they return Cameron Rising. Oregon State isn't as high in returning production, but Jonathan Smith, as Washington fans know during his time with Chris Peterson in 2016, he's a genius. He's an offensive genius, and I think that he will help reform DJ Uyunglele and help bring him back to what we saw him as in 2020, which was a successor to Trevor Lawrence. I think that he has that potential to unlock DJ and make him a good quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks, Michael Penix has 60 career touchdowns 141.5 passer rating. We've already talked about the returning production. I think Washington should improve off of its 11-2 season last year, where they finished number 8. They're the number 8 team in the country. Top 8. And the 12-team playoffs coming around in 2024, and if Kalen DeBoer can utilize the talent that he has now, which isn't even a top 25 team based on talent and recruiting alone, this team could make the college football playoff multiple times. Same with Oregon. USC, I think we're all expecting that. Don't be surprised if Oregon State, Utah, UCLA do that too. 12-team playoffs can open up many different opportunities, but also because of the 12-team playoff and other conference expansion and such, Washington 
could join the Big Ten. Same with Oregon. There were articles about that that opened up a few weeks ago. I think overall this team is set up for success. I think that they're going to be an elite, near-elite team this season. I'm very high on them. The reasons I'm not picking USC or that I'm low on USC, I've seen people list me as a USC hater, is USC has the equivalent of Brian Ferentz just on the defensive side of the ball and Alex Grinch. He's one of the worst coordinators in the Power 5 landscape. He, who shall not be named, Brian Ferentz, is horrible. He's horrid. And there's a thing with this channel where I'm not naming him because he doesn't deserve to be named. It's similar with Alex Grinch, who I guess will now be called he who shall not be named on defense. Just not good. Don't have a good defensive coordinator. USC has, like... To the power of two, three, or four, the amount of talent on defense that Washington has. Really the amount of talent compared to Washington overall. And yet Washington's offense is close to USC's offense. At least last year, I think it will be better than USC's offense this year, dare I say it. Mostly because of the offensive line and wide receiver core. Where I think Washington has better wide receivers, better tight ends, and a better O-line. USC has a better quarterback and running back room. But if you don't have the supporting cast to help those guys, Caleb Williams can't do everything for you forever. Can't do it. And then on defense, Eric Gentry, Mason Cobb, they have other players too. USC does. Overall, though, I like what Washington's doing on defense. They run a 4-2-5, and I much prefer a 4-2-5 over the dreadful 3-3-5 that Alex Grinch has been running at both USC and Oklahoma. So Washington's my pick to win the Pac-12 Conference. I think that USC, Oregon, Oregon State, and Utah can all definitely contend, though. And for those who might think that I don't like USC, I think that if things do go right for them with Caleb Williams and with all the transfer portal pieces they're bringing in, they once again have a top-five portal class, they could be Lincoln Riley's best team. That's feasible. It's possible. I just don't think given the reputation at defensive coordinator, the reputation on defense overall, or even the reputation at offensive line, I don't like it. I don't like the setup, and I think Washington is set up to have better success in 2023. Beyond that, we'll have to see with recruiting, we'll have to see with the transfer portal, and because last year was only year one for this new regime, we're going to have to see how they do year after year and see how they do on a yearly basis. Thank you guys for watching. If you like this video, please hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you guys around. Bye-bye.